0: Welcome to A to Z Sports, powered by BetMGM and Lawson Stanley. He is Luke Warsham in for Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media, uh, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We go live every weekday morning at 8 central time. Also hit us up on Instagram and TikTok. We're Nashville's on-demand sports talk network. Uh, so let's thank our sponsors before we re- really dive in. RentersWarehouse.com, the professional landlords in the Nashville area. RentersWarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for mandu the pulse of fitness one fifteen 15 minute workout uh, equals five plus hours in the weight room because of full body electronic muscle stimulation mandu.com your first workout is free wilson county hyundai head to wilsoncountyhyundai.com or go check out their inventory that they have in lebanon tennessee and the bone and joint institute boneandjointtn.org the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports Medicine care. So, Luke in for Zach today. Uh, I just did see Zach tweeted this morning about Corey Davis. So, oh yeah, it was a great we, tweet. We've at tweet. least got that that maybe we can bring that up uh, <laughs> later on. And so, Donnie asked, "Did they just start?" Yes, Donnie, we just started about three minutes and fifty five seconds ago. So, uh, Luke, you did mention before we dive into the Titans being able to fix their biggest problem on both sides of the ball. Uh you did notice that Derrick Henry did not win AFC offensive player of the month for the month of September. Uh yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, that was announced about five minutes ago, Ian Rappaport had that uh Derrick Carr, quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders, who had a great month. The Raiders were three and zero and playing exceptionally well under John Gruden. Uh, but I was kind of surprised that uh that Derek Carr did or that Derek Carr won over Henry. Now there is a typo in Rappaport's sheet. It does Rappaport's tweet. It does say that Derek Carr was Offensive Player of the Month. Were, so maybe Derek
0: Henry can be the offensive. Yeah, because there were
1: th- there were three E's in his spelling of offense. So well, maybe we'll have to hold out on that.
0: Well, and what was and when you told me that right before we went live, what was my response?
1: Uh, you said LeBron can't win MVP every year.
0: That's right. And so Derek Henry is not going to win. AFC Offensive Player of the Month every month when he definitely could have. Because the crazy thing is, this is Derrick Henry's best September ever. (laughs) Derrick Henry's best September ever is this, this year, right? 353. Uh, rushing yards, uh, a lot more productive in the passing game than he's been. Uh, Bobby says Derek Carr is, le- is leading the league in passing yards and has a 3-0 record. There's nothing wrong with that pick. There's nothing wrong with that pick. Uh, and so, But Derek Henry will probably win AFC Player of the Month at some point this season. Uh, I would guess he has a great chance to do that in December because that's typically when he cleans up that award.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking back at the history of the award because I was wondering uh, how many times he had won it. So Henry won December Player of the Month in 2018. And last season, 2020, he won October Player of the Month. So he's only won it twice? Yeah, those are the only times he's won it. Because I was thinking, I'm like, how could he ever lose it in November? And 2019, November was Lamar Jackson, uh, 2020 November was Patrick Mahomes. I don't see a December listed. That must be an oversight on this list. Maybe Henry won it in December actually. Um, but Tannehill won it in 2019 December. So,
0: ah, well, yes. Well, that, there you go. So there's at least uh, three Titans, uh, AFC player, offensive player of the month awards there. All right, Luke. Uh, this is your topic, right? You teased it. This is what you're writing on the website. You've been asking questions this week about the Titans trying to fix their biggest issue on both sides of the ball against the Jets. That's
1: right. Yeah. So after the Titans won against the Colts on Sunday, Mike Vrabel angrily walks up to the podium and Teresa Walker gets the first question, of course. And she says, "Uh, you know, you, you don't like the turnovers, but but I'm sure you like to get the win. And he goes, Don't like the turnovers. It's almost impossible to win with that many turnovers. And he's right. It's been uh, 15 years since the last time the Titans won a game that they turned the ball over three times. Uh, So the offense needs to clean that up because the offense has turned the ball over seven times in three games. Uh, And that's a problem. And really, you can only blame Ryan Tannehill for two of those. Because one of them was a strip sack that I thought he should have gotten rid of the ball. And the other one was that bad interception to Darius Leonard. All of the rest were him getting just kind of screwed by his teammates. So there, it's going to be difficult for them to clean that up. And we can get into that because there's not really a sort of through line of what's causing this. Additionally, the defense only has one turnover. And it was that Kevin Bayard Interception against Kyler Murray that was rendered meaningless because it was a blowout. Um, and as Vrabel said, Vrabel said he opened the defensive meeting yesterday, and Rashawn Evans confirmed this by reminding everyone that the Titans team leader in forced fumbles right now is right tackle David Quesenberry.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's definitely not good. And, you know, the, the, nah. the, Titans, the Titans led the NFL in turnover ratio last year because they were able to force and be opportunistic on the defensive side uh, of the football last year. But it's not happened so far through three games. They got the gift that Kyler Murray just tossed up to Kevin Byard to start the second half in week one. But, yeah, it's the offense who only turned the ball over, what, 12 times last year, now turning it over quite a bit. Uh, They need to fix that. So I definitely think the offensive line is a bit, has been a big issue and then just some unforeseen circumstances when it comes to Tannehill, just throwing it into the pep rally, as Vrabel said, and then the ball bouncing off of Chester Rogers pads. So I think, what do you think is the biggest point of emphasis in them trying to fix this turnover issue, because they're minus six in turnover ratio right now. Yeah. That's second last in the NFL. Uh, but what how do you think they get right and can fix it like actually like strategically?
1: Yeah. So I, I asked Frable a couple of questions about that yesterday, and he gave actually really great answers. Uh, so let, let's start with offense, because as I mentioned, there's not really a through line, there's not a cause of all of them. It's uh one interception that was Tannehill's fault, one fumble that I thought was Tannehill's fault, and then the two Chandler Jones strip sacks that Tannehill just had no shot on, Nick Westbrook Aquinas fumble going to the ground after catching a slant, and then two plays one Julio Jones, one Chester Rogers, where the receiver just dropped a pass and it tip drill, you know, goes mm-hmm. up into the air, very easily caught by the defense. And So, what Vrabel said, because I asked, I'm like, when there's not a common cause, what do you do? And he said, well, we're adding an extra period in practice today. I actually think he said an extra two periods in practice today for each position group on offense to work on what they're doing wrong. So, you know, the quarterbacks are going to work on, like you said, not throwing into the pep rally. Uh, Ben Jones said the offensive line is going to work on holding blocks longer and sustaining blocks. It's one thing if you get beaten off the line, but it's another to not sustain. Uh, And then the receivers – Uh, said they're working on ball security and I saw a little bit of that when I was watching Derrick Henry in practice yesterday uh, because the very first thing that the running backs did when they got into position drills was the the sort of fumble drill where they all get a ball and they've all got an equipment assistant just just pulling at the ball trying to get it out and Vrabel was right there watching them Uh, so we we got to see that play out um, in real time so so that's what the deal is on offense It's, it's It sort of changes for each position group, uh, but that's what they focused on yesterday. And I asked Tannehill what that does, and he said it's sort of a a mental reminder, and it gets you focused on that going into the game because they know how to protect the football. Ryan Tannehill knows how to not throw an interception, but it's just a reminder because, as we've talked about, it's been such a point of concern so far.
0: Yeah, and so Lil' Kilo on YouTube says, you can't fix it. Most of these things are in-game flukes. The only real turnovers are those fumbles. And yeah, like I kind of like...
1: It's not I mean, a fluke I, if you throw it right to Darius Leonard and no, he intercepts that, it.
0: That one's the only like non-fluke, right? But like I, I think... It's not, the, it's
1: not a fluke if Chandler Jones screams around the edge and knocks Kendall Lamb on the ground and bats the ball out.
0: Sure, sure. Like, those are... The sack fumbles are a uh, com- combination of the offensive line playing horrible in the first six quarters of this season and Ryan Tannehill not really expecting them to play that terrible uh, and getting caught kind of with his pants down a few times in the pocket where he, lo- he lost the football and expecting them to hold up like they have been holding up the last two years. So I, I don't expect the sack fumbles to be an issue moving forward because I think they've kind of settled in a little bit overall to their offensive line play in Tannehill as well. You look at the Nick Westbrook-Akine fumble, I mean, that's that's just a guy who's not used to carrying the football that often in the NFL, right? And that happens. And I think there's an interesting thing that I want to tell you guys about because I almost said this in the, in the halftime show uh, uh, last week, but I didn't want to jinx it on a game day in a tight game because people would come after my ass. But there's a reason why Derek Henry doesn't fumble there's a big reason why Derrick Henry doesn't fumble and it's what they do in practice. So I'll tell you guys that. And then we'll talk about this question. How many turnovers would you like to see the Titans defense get against the Jets? So we're going to get to this, uh, here momentarily. Uh, but first I'm going to tell you guys about our friends at the bone and joint Institute, uh, bone the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care whenever, Uh, You have an injury that happens in life. Make sure you know who to go to and you know who to trust. That's the folks at the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination. They've got over 12 uh, doctors there in their facility that can specialize in anything that can go wrong. So whenever you get hurt, know who to go to, know who to trust. They would streamline the process for you getting back to health. That's boneandjointtn.org.
1: All right, and our friends at BetMGM have a great deal going on for you tonight, if I can find the graphic. There we go. Uh, Tonight, it's a little bit different. Uh, You're still – actually, you're not going to use the promo code you see on your screen there. You're going to use the promo code A to Z200, right, A to Z200, and here's what that's going to get you. You give them that promo code, put a $10 wager on Thursday Night Football tonight, and if either team scores a touchdown, and in 2021 NFL, I'd say that's a pretty good bet, you're going to get $200 in free bets. So $10 wager on Thursday Night Football tonight, and if either team scores a touchdown, you get 200 bucks in free bets. That is only on BetMGM, the king of sports books, and with the promo code A to Z200.
0: Yes, ATOZ 200, make sure you get that tonight. It's a great deal to to jumpstart your bankroll. So, real quick, before we answer your guys' questions, because uh, Luke posted this in the chat, how many turnovers would you like to see the Titans defense get against the Jets? Uh, I mentioned there's a reason why Derrick Henry does not fumble uh, in the games. It's And, Luke, I'm sure you've seen this. He uses, throughout practice, a weighted football. It's heavy And I I have not really noticed them doing this except for the last couple of years of Derrick Henry working with a weighted football. It it's weird because it looks like a normal football and he's carrying, you can't really tell when he's carrying it, but he's, he's carrying it high and tight. He's doing it. But then all of a sudden, like whenever he needs to put the ball down to do like a pass protection drill or a receiving drill, he just drops it. And it just thuds on the ground. There's no bounce to it. It just smacks the ground and chills out and because it's it's like a big, huge, heavy medicine ball. And so what, when you're seeing all of these defensive players punching and stripping and, and going after and trying to claw out the football from Derrick Henry's hands, it's it's not going to happen because he's now holding a football that weighs nothing compared to the football that he's yeah. holding on to in practice every day. So that that's a big deal, I think, and why Derrick Henry – Uh, has not been fumbling and has been really good at not fumbling. Uh, So let's go ahead and get to the comments here uh, as we've asked the question, how many turnovers do you want to see the Titans defense force uh, against the Jets? Pauly says, uh, plus turnover ratio helps, but you see the Colts are minus three. It's not with the Colts minus three. It's not everything. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Uh, Lucas says that NWI fumble after, uh, Julio Jones was out. The NWI fumble was before Julio Jones. That's correct. Went out because the the NWI fumble was on the Titans opening drive uh, of the third quarter, which it's weird because the Titans only had one drive in the third quarter because of the time of possession on both the Colts and the Titans drive. It was a very, like the the Colts took eight and a half minutes off the clock with their first drive uh, to get that field goal. Joseph says he wants to see three, Donald says five or more. Look, that's insane. If you're at, if you're expecting five or more, and Steven says six turnovers in one game, what are you doing here? Like Tony says, he'd be happy with two interceptions. Kendrick says three turnovers. Drew, uh, Drew, my God, Drew, I, I have to take a timeout. Drew, Drew has commented maybe fifteen times about the Titans needing to sign. Jalen Fly. Jalen Fly, Sadler,
1: saw him yesterday.
0: Who has been standing outside of the Titans facility. I don't know if it's every day, but every week. asking It's, a, for a it, it's usually
1: one day a week.
0: One day a week, okay? So Jalen uh, Fly Sadler has been out there once a week for the last month trying to get a workout for the Titans. Look, I, This is not anything personal against him. But, Drew, you've got to stop commenting because I'm – like, I finally have given you this, the Titans are not going to sign him. If they were going to give him a workout, it probably would have happened already. Now, maybe they give him a workout because they're tired of him picketing outside of their facility for a month, but it's not going to happen. If it hasn't happened already, it's not going to happen. And so, like, asking us questions 15 times in a show of, should the Titans sign Golden Tate? Hell no. Should the Titans sign... (laughs) Jalen fly uh, Sadler. No, they're not going to, they're not going to. He's a right tackle who played a small school in college and has not got an opportunity in the NFL. Is he big? Yes. Is he fast? It seems like it. Can he play NFL tackle? I have no idea, but if the Titans were going to sign him or give him a tryout, it would have happened already because the Titans have had injuries, plural at the tackle position and have yet to do it. So no, no, so stop asking. I feel like Nick Saban. Quit asking. It's just <laughs> like, it's so Maria ridiculous. Taylor, wasn't it? Uh, Nick Saban said, I'm not going to, I'm not. Well, he he Saban, said it to her. Uh,
1: maybe. I don't remember. I think that's but who it was. Well, it, it could have been. So, and looked- says,
0: what about a trade for Von Miller? They're not going to trade for Von Miller.
1: <laughs> My so God. I, I've looked up most turnovers by one team in NFL history. And the record, as set in 1942 and repeated in 1950 and 1965, is 12 turnovers by one team in a single game. What? So maybe that's the maybe that's the goal for the Titans. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say two. I like baby steps, right? Yeah, yeah. Let, let's take it from zero to two. Because you're not facing Nathan Peterman, you're facing Zach Wilson, so you're not getting five or six like I've I seen. Mean, some, Zach Wilson mean, already has a
0: four-interception game, though.
1: Yeah, but this is the Titans we're talking about. So this is uh, Kendrick says seven. That's not happening. Let let let's see him get two two interceptions, fumble right, and and so l- let's look at this from the defensive perspective because we talked about the offense, how it's different position groups have different things to work on. With the defense, it's interesting, because I asked Vrabel about this, and he said, you know, I don't know that – uh, he gave some some just money stuff on this. He, he said, well, you know, I don't think there was a point in my career where Bill Belichick taught me how to get a strip sack. And I think that, like – and what he was getting at is you can't just, like, will a turnover as a defense. Like, uh, you know, as a DB, unless it's just some, like, crazy Antonio Cromartie acrobatic play – they kind of got to throw it to you for you to get an interception.
0: Yeah. So like the, most turnovers t- are mistakes by the offense first.
1: Yeah. And so off of that, I think that what the Titans are really focused on is fumbles. Uh, I-, I talked to Rashad Evans yesterday, and he said that they're focused on the second guy who gets there because he said that's what causes it a lot of times. So we're trying to, or they're trying to, uh, like, like, all swarm and get to the ball carrier and have a second guy come and try to rip the ball out. Jeffrey Simmons said that when they're rushing the passer, they got to be more aggressive with with getting their arms out. And this is another thing Vrabel said. Is he said with with when it comes to strip sacks, he said they're he thinks they're getting close, but they're not getting close enough. And then he said. Uh, It's all about being in the right spot. And then here's a great talk about the pep rally on Sunday, thrown into a pep rally yesterday. He said, we got to get tickets to the raffle. That's what he said about turnovers.
0: Oh, good Lord. Lord. Uh, I mean, I like, I I think, uh, I think, I think three turnovers is what I would like to see from the Titans defense. Now, Ryan says, uh, Ryan says, A to Z, I love you guys. I've been a day one listener, but that question is a dumb one. We would like to see 12 turnovers again. It won't happen. <laughs> look, good, look, Ryan, Like we're not like, – come on, dude. I know. Ryan, we're, not, I, we're just realistically like, – most of us are being realistic. The reason why Luke looked that up is because a couple people were like, I'd like to see five or more turnovers. I'm like, get out of here with five or more turnovers. <laughs> like If you could get, I, I think, two or three, right? I think three. I think the Titans can get two picks on Zach Wilson. I think mean, Christian Fulton is gearing up for one, right? Christian Fulton is really, really getting close uh, to making some big-time plays. He's made big-time plays, but I think Zach Wilson is just naive enough and green enough, no Jets pun intended, to throw Christian Fulton one of them. And, and so I think that's that can happen. I think there's opportunity for... Zach Wilson, who is a shorter quarterback, uh, where maybe Jeff Simmons, TR Tart, Danico Autry get a big paw up there, tip up in the air to a linebacker to get an interception. And then with the emphasis being from Mike Vrabel on creating fumbles, I think that I think that the Titans get a forced fumble uh this week against the Jets. So I would love to see three turnovers created because. You need to be opportunistic to get turnovers, and you have to be facing a turnover-prone offense, and that's exactly what the Jets have because Zach Wilson's thrown seven picks in three games already.
1: You know what they need to do is they need to get Ty Smith off of the Vikings practice squad. So yeah, no yeah, that guy, one that punches guy, it out like him.
0: Yeah, that guy Ty Smith can uh, force a fumble if I know uh, if I know one that can do it. So I think that's that's look, it's a good conversation because the Titans turnovers have created the holes that they've gotten in. Like they created a hole with turnovers on the offense against Arizona. And then they created a hole against the Seattle Seahawks the same way. They could not pull away from the Colts because they kept turning the ball over three times in four drives. And so they've got to be able to stop the turnovers on offense and try to find a way to be more opportunistic on defense. So, uh, Luke, let's go ahead and move on to our next conversation because we finally, we finally know what's going on a little bit with Julio Jones and why he did not finish last week's game. So uh we'll talk about this and get back into the injury report conversation. Uh, But first, let me tell everybody about our friends at Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. RentersWarehouse.com is where to go to find out how much your home can rent for. There are so many different ways you can use renter's warehouse to your benefit, whether it's creating extra cash flow for you and your family or uh, by creating long-term equity, which means long-term wealth, which helps you get that retirement plan started with rent estate in the Nashville area is prime for you to get your rent estate business going. And it's easy when you let renter's warehouse be the landlord, they do everything for you. They find the tenants, they go on all the calls, they also uh, collect the money. All you do is receive the money from Renters Warehouse. They do all that for one low rate each month at RentersWarehouse.com.
1: And today, our friends at BetMGM have a great deal going on for you, and it's only for today. If you sign up for their app and you give them the promo code A to Z two hundred A T O Z two hundred, here's what will happen: if you put a ten dollar wager on Thursday night football tonight, and either team scores a touchdown you will get $200 in free bets. And that's only on BetMGM, the king of sports books.
0: Yeah, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years old and must be president of Tennessee. For gambling prompt support, call the Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. Here talking uh, Julio. Because um, Julio Jones on, I think, what was it, Paul Koharski, who tweeted like kind of a timeline of the Julio conversation, Uh, That was hilarious. What what was it? If you could go through the Sunday through today situation.
1: Yeah, I I retweeted it so it'll come up easily. Okay. Julio Jones Sunday. Nothing was wrong. Julio Jones Monday. He was tight. Julio Jones Wednesday. No practice. Hamstring.
0: Yeah. It's just like, why is Mike Vrabel
1: choosing to play these games? You know what I think he might need? Now I'm not saying that the rules say he deserves this. Maybe he needs a fine. Yeah, I mean,
0: because here's what I here's the the thing that kind of pisses me off about it is that you are required to a certain level to disclose injuries. There has to be an official injury report. That's why we see those on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. There are injury designations uh, with what in-game situations. A.J. Brown had an in-game injury designation. Julio Jones did not. Like, is Mike Vrabel just skirting these, The like, why is he protecting Julio Jones differently than the other players?
1: Yeah. Is he I, paranoid I I an about Julio? I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I kind of wish the injury report had come out and said, Julio Jones did not practice tight. Like, I wish that had been the designation. Um, yeah, it, it's a problem. And I think back to last year when Tyson Brilo went out. I can't remember who it was against. I want to say it was a road game. I can't remember, though. I wasn't there, but I remember Koharski and others talking about how uh, there was never a designation for him, and he was out for the year and so no one ever knew like what happened. He just went down and carted off into the sunset and we didn't see him again until training camp. And interestingly enough, uh uh when we were talking to Sam Brilo the first time at camp this year, I think it was Terry McCormick said very cleverly actually. He said, "How's your how's your knee?" And I don't remember what the injury actually was, but he was like, "Well, it, it was uh it was an ankle injury." It's like finally we know what happened to yeah, him.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just like it's just like ask uh just ask something about what you fit with. Just assume yeah. to see if you get the answer.
1: Yeah. Koharski did that with the Josh Reynolds thing. He asked this nonsense question. He was like, So Reynolds is going to need surgery for his knee? Like, just trying to figure, trying to get Vrabel to be like, I uh, know it's an Achilles problem, actually. But Vrabel's a little too too clever for that. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's, it's weird. And, and it is very much towing the line of, breach of contractual obligations and league policy.
0: Yeah. It's it's just frustrating because fans want to know what's going on, right? Like you guys were all clamoring all spring and summer long to trade for Julio Jones. The Titans and go trade for Julio Jones. And then he disappears from training camp for 20 days consecutively before the period starts where they have to, disclosed injuries. So we don't know why Julio did not practice for 20 consecutive days. He comes out, he has a struggle in week one balls out in week two, and then in week three disappears again. And what we see and what it sounds like when Vrabel was asked on, on Sunday and Monday twice about that, that he would sound like he was being managed load management. That's what it sounded like was going on with Julio Jones. And now he has a hamstring injury. Why can't we just say he's doing with a hamstring and sometimes it gets tight. Sometimes it's not it's just so we can all shut up and understand that and move on. Like, I don't get it. Why we're beating our heads against this wall nearly every week with the injury or the lack of injury designations or
1: truth. Just like, there's so many lies. Yeah. So I've found, uh, this is actually a 2017 policy, but I don't know why it would have changed since then. So, so perhaps take it with a grain of salt. But this is what the 2017 injury report policy says for in-game. Club personnel are responsible for reporting in-game injury information factually and accurately as soon as possible for the benefit of network TV and other media covering games. These entry updates must also be posted on stadium video video boards for the to uh, ensure fans have access to the information. Announcements must be specific to a body part, accurate, and updated as warranted. Um, yeah. So. So Mike Vrabel's
0: breaking NFL protocol.
1: By, assuming that that is still the policy. I mean that I that it's so. got to be the
0: policy. Like, there's like if that ha- if if that's what happened, then Mike Vrabel. Um, yeah. William says Mike Vrabel has failed that standard. Yes. That he is protecting Julio Jones from NFL rules.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, and he makes people, I, I, I don't think he makes us look bad. I think it makes him look bad. Cause you know, we're sitting here on Tuesday, right? Having the conversation of did something happen? Was he tight? Blah, blah, blah. And, 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 that doesn't serve the team. That doesn't serve Julio. This is exactly what we were talking about when I was in Tampa and we had the conversation about the injury reporting pop ideas that Vrabel has. It doesn't serve the team. It hurts the team.
0: All right, so let's go over this again because I think this is important. Bobby says you're assuming the injury happened in-game, though. At this point, Vrabel could argue it well, happened on Monday. Where? At the grocery store? Yeah, and so that's that's the thing there, Bobby, is that the the – Players aren't on the field until Wednesday after the games. And the fact is, Monday, we can point back to this and say that uh, Julio started the game, played in the game, had several catches and snaps in the game, and then was pulled from the game and did not return in the fourth quarter for the rest of the game. Other players got hurt in the game. And were pulled from the game and did not return. AJ Brown being a perfect example. Because what happened over the loudspeaker in the press box, Luke? Uh, about AJ Brown. AJ Brown is questionable to Brown. return.
1: Hamstring, questionable.
0: Right. What happened with Quiddy Pay from the Colts? Quiddy Pay, Pay
1: hamstring out.
0: Yes. And so you hear all these things from the NFL rules, yet Mike Grable refusing to to do anything about Julio Jones. He's flat out breaking the NFL rules and lying and not disclosing the information that he's supposed to be
1: disclosing. And I want to respond to this comment because this is what I think we get all the time. Frable doesn't care if he looks bad. It's not him that he's making look bad. And frankly, I don't care if Rabel makes himself look bad as long as he's winning games. He's making his players look bad. Because I guarantee you, I mean, I don't know that it was un- unreasonable. There was probably discussions happening, s- sports talk radio somewhere about, you know, is Julio Jones soft because he can't go in the fourth quarter? Oh, he's three games into the season and needs load management. Like, what's up with this guy? That's not serving the player. Serving the player saying he's hurt, that's why he's not playing. And uh, you Luke, just take- look, uh, yeah, read
0: yeah. read the NFL protocol uh rule about from 2017 that you read earlier Re- reread that again if you can please
1: i i just x'd out but i'm pulling it back up right okay. now okay here real we quick oh go. right, you got it yes so club personnel responsible for reporting in-game injury information factually and accurately as soon as possible for the benefit of the network tv audience and the other media covering our games do you want me to keep going Uh, To ensure that fans have access to the same info, these injury updates must also be posted on stadium video boards, uh, in the press box, network TV broadcast. Uh, In-game injury announcements must be specific to a body part, accurate and updated as warranted, including any changes to the player status for the remainder of the game if his status has changed since the initial report. And then the rest of it is, is concussion specific.
0: Right. And so what happened? Julio Jones' status changed. (laughs) Julio Jones was not on the injury report going into the game. He played in the game, was pulled from the game, was asked questions why he was pulled from the game. We did not get any injury designation, so we assume load management. Wednesday does not practice hamstring. I mean, that's... that's
1: Uh, So Julio was not made available after the game. And I will be interested. Friday is, has been his day to talk. I'll be interested to see if he is there tomorrow. I'm going to guess no.
0: Uh, Mark says, you all make it sound like it's making you look bad. Already doing it a is. good job of that without Vrabel. Oh, Mark says, we're doing a good job of making ourselves look bad. Appreciate you watching the show, Mark, as you do every day. So keep on coming back, Mark, uh, for all the times that we look bad. And I
1: think, the, like, the fanboys, boys, Vrabel can do no wrong.
0: Yeah, and Jesse, I, I think Jesse is being sarcastic by saying, no way, he's trying to protect the players. And then Dom brings up the Josh Reynolds prime example, everyone going after Josh Reynolds for not being explosive when wow. he was hurt and nobody knew he was hurt. Let me give you a we secret about
1: Josh Reynolds. He's not explosive.
0: <laughs> well, and, and he's no longer hurt, right?
1: Yeah, correct.
0: So, I mean, it's does Mike Vrabel deserve a, deserve a fine for this? I mean, I don't know what the I don't know what the rule is or what the consequences are for breaking I, this specific protocol, but he at least deserves some type of acknowledgement from the league saying, Hey, quit doing this. If somebody gets hurt in the game and they get pulled from the game, you have to give them an injury designation. I,
1: I'm gonna go with what I said at the beginning. I think he's getting near that territory, like very close to the line. I don't know that he's quite there yet because I think like I could see an argument in his defense, you know, but he's close. He's yeah.
0: getting close. I I definitely think he's getting close. All right, so NB <laughs> um, says, if you're not concerned about v- calling Vrabel out, then call him out about this. Let Buck do it. Look, Buck can't go necessarily to press conferences because of his show. I don't go to press conferences because I'm too busy running the business. And, but Luke does. So Luke will be there Friday.
1: We're going to get in a cage match on Friday, apparently. Yes.
0: Uh, f- Friday, Luke will be there. Uh, you got this comment to read?
1: Uh, yeah, it just says I'm going to get in a cage match with Vrabel on Friday.
0: Oh, oh uh, yeah, there you go. Jacob, Jacob's uh, nailing that one there for Luke. All right, so let's actually talk about the wide receivers now, right? Because it seems like there is a significant possibility that the Titans are without A.J. Brown and Julio Jones on Sunday uh, against the Jets. So what is your concern level in the Titans wide receivers without these two guys? What's your concern level In the Titans wide receivers without A.J. Brown and Julio Jones uh, against the Jets. Real quick, let me tell you guys about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness. Mandu.com, your first workout's free. It's a 15-minute workout. And in that 15 minutes, you simulate five or more hours in the weight room. Got my second workout of the weekend yesterday. Uh, I'm already feeling good, feeling sore, getting to build functional strength and building that muscle definition and tone while targeting the hard-to-burn <laughs> body fat. Mandu.com, your first workout, again, is absolutely free. And if you tell them A to Z Sports sent you, they'll knock off 100 bucks from that first month after you sign up. So tell them A to Z sent you the same $100 when you sign up at Mandu.com. It's for everybody, young, old, in shape, out of shape. you got pre-existing injuries, don't worry. Mandu can help you achieve your fitness goals right there at Mandu.com.
1: And our friends at BetMGM have a great deal going on for you today only. Use the promo code A to Z200. And if you put a $10 bet on either team to score a touchdown in Thursday night football tonight, and that happens, uh, that $1 will become $200 in free bets. And that is only on BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, with the promo code A to Z200. Yep, uh,
0: that's tonight in in a game where uh, I have bet on at BetMGM. I've got a a, a one-game parlay going tonight. I expect the Bengals uh, to beat the Jags. Uh, So it it should be an interesting game, a rematch, Trevor Lawrence and and Joe Burrow from that national championship game a couple years ago. So real quick, uh, what is your concern level, uh, 1 through 10, uh, within the Titans' uh, wide receivers without A.J. Brown and Julio Jones? Jeff says 10. I think that's a little strong. He goes, oh, wait, five. Okay, so there you go, Jeff. (laughs) Jeff quickly was like, oh, wait, never mind. Check that, check that. Uh, John says none at all. I think you have to have some concern. John's a big
1: – uh, I think that might be Jack Gentry's burner account. Give Giving Maybe. us some Nick yeah, Westbrook-Akina right? hype.
0: Oh, I've had enough NWI fluff this week. I mean, <laughs> I, it's, it is nothing against NWI. It's nothing against him. It's just all it's – just, it's just Jack, it's Austin Huff, it's Joe Rexroad, who all teamed together to go on the, on the Tighten Up podcast again yesterday to talk about how great NWI is. Daniel, <laughs> Oh, says, did Rexroad
1: go on? I didn't realize Yeah, that.
0: so two weeks ago – uh, they had Rex Road on like a regular hit. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they, I, vote, I and we're, they were talking about NWI and they said, after he scores his first career touchdown, let's come back here and gloat about it. And then, so literally the next, this next game. <laughs> okay. So they had to come back and gloat about it get their win.
1: That's funny. Excuse Rex me. Rex up right. unfortunately did not have your pin on there on Saturday, on Sunday.
0: He's wasting opportunities. Uh, that pin that I gave him, uh, Kenneth says four. They all have, they have solid depth. Steven says four. Noah says two. Uh, Chris versus 3.5. Uh, Ryan says against the Jets, one out of 10 against the Jags, two out of 10 against the bills, 10 out of 10. I think that's probably fair. <laughs> I think so. What's yeah. the average of that?
1: The average of that 13 1 plus divided 2 by 2 3. Plus 10 is 13 divided by three. That's roughly 4.2.
0: Yeah. So Ryan, your answer is four. I think uh, and, and we can maybe even knock it down to like a 3.5 because the bills are three weeks away. So I think that, that's a good way to answer it, though. Uh, Danny says two. Um, Aaron says 2.5. Don't think it'll be an issue. Justin says against the Jets, three. Basically did it without them against the Colts. So, Luke, what, what's your answer here on the, on the uh, wide receivers?
1: So I'm going to say six or seven. Let's go six and a half. Okay. And here's why. So am I concerned that they're not going to be able to beat the Jets or beat the Jaguars without these guys? No. I don't think that's a problem. Here's where my concern comes from. Why are these guys so problematic? Since day one of this season, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown have been MIA a majority of the time. I don't get it, man. Like, I'm not calling them soft. I don't think that's the problem at all. Injury prone, maybe it's, like I don't know what's happening. It, it why, doesn't, it, why can they not play? Why can't the, could, other than Derrick Henry, why can't the Titans have a super good offensive player who plays?
0: I mean, you could say they've been snake bit for their entire history in Nashville at this position, and, and like AJ doing what he's done the last two years. Is the outlier. Like Derek Mason is also an outlier, but the Titans have been snake bit at this position
1: but, the but entire time AJ, they've been in the it, state. I don't think it's unrealistic to say that A.J. Brown is injury prone. No, though, it, it, no, right now, and, it and is. Again, that's not a question of his toughness. No, no, right? no, no, no. That's no, no, not no. what we're saying here. I'm not attacking his character. Dude gets hurt a lot. And yeah, so and, he missed and, all and, of training camp. His rookie season, he missed two right. or three games in 2020, and had to and and two. gutted it out and played right. through the whole season with a bad knee problem. Hardly did anything in training camp because he tweaked something on a fade, and and then now he plays two games. One of them he sucked in, and now he's gone again. Yeah. Like so.
0: Um Ben says on YouTube, AJ played an entire season with two bad knees. Perhaps they don't want him doing that again. Like, yeah, I, I think there's something to that. Um Dom says that's what I've be- been saying, but everyone chirps at me saying, Oh, it's the NFL like it hasn't been watching football for 20 years, this, damn it. But
1: this does not happen to other teams. Right.
0: That I saying Mike
1: Evans that. does not spend an entire season week to week. Uh and and, and let's let's get out of the realm of elite receivers. Jarvis Landry, talented guy, good receiver, not one of the upper echelon. Jarvis Landry does not spend the entire season week to week. Every week, the Browns fans are saying, well, is he going to play this week? This doesn't happen. This is not normal. Yeah,
0: and so Mark, who came after us earlier, I agree with Mark's comment here. He says, Vrabel is managing the long season, so they have all weapons come playoff time. I do think that's happening with the, and again, I'm going to use this word, not as a shot at Julio and AJ the finesse skill players of the wide receivers like the they are very physical wide receivers but they are a finesse position those guys are being managed differently and i think Mike Vrabel knows that he's got to have them later in the season and because there's an extra game wants to be cautious uh, early on and they don't want AJ playing on a bad knee or a bad hamstring for a month for no reason in September, and early October. So I think it's just unfortunate that look, when you get big guys who are jacked up with all these muscles who are super fast, they pull things like that's just kind of how it works. Like they, they get very, their muscles and their tendons and soft tissues can be very delicate because of how, abnormal they are so let
1: me ask you this question then if tomorrow was a playoff game against the kansas city chiefs do you think they're playing yeah okay so no doubt i just have a problem there's two things i have a problem with number one is this attitude of well, you know, we got to have them off of the playoffs. You got to get to the playoffs. They're going to the <laughs> they're gonna get
0: to the playoffs. They're going to get to the playoffs. They're going to win the division. Hey, now, they might um, be the fourth seed playing a really good five seed, my, and, but they're going to get to the playoffs. This division my, sucks ass.
1: My second least favorite Mike Vrabel quote of all time number one is when he said, We had a lot of confidence in Cairo Santos to get the job done. But my second least favorite comment, I honestly can't remember if this was 2018, or I think it was 2018. They were in the hole going into the month of November. Had a losing record. They ended up making or getting close to making the playoffs. And but it was his first Monday press conference of November, and Vrabel goes, "Now this is when the season really gets started." <laughs> I'm like, "No, Mike, the season started two months ago in, in September." In the season, in the season matters. Week one
0: matters, right? Ask the Colts last year. Yeah, yeah. Week one, they lose to the Jags. They only win for the Jags, and they don't win the division. If they just beat the really bad Jags in week one, the Colts are the AFC South champions last year. It's that simple. That simple. But the division is really bad. And so they're going to make the playoffs. So back to this.
1: Back to Real quick, my my second problem with this attitude, in addition to the whole, you know, early, this is when the season really gets started. My second issue with it is what we were talking about in trading camp. On trading camp, it's like, well, these guys aren't out there with Tannehill when the season gets started. It's going to be a problem because because they're going to be developing chemistry in real time, and they're not going to be able to be full speed ahead. So now we're just deferring that again. If it, it, the Titans are, yeah, they're just deferring this again. True, and but again, like things happen. So like- so if we were if we're sitting there in August complaining about this, then we need to also complain about that now.
0: I agree. But if they're hurt, again, if they're injured and A.J. did something on that go-route on that third-down go-route early in the game against the Colts, then what are you going to do about it? I mean, it's just kind of...
1: Um, are they is, is A.J. Brown, again, not questioning his toughness. It's not a character thing. No. Is he brittle? Again, like,
0: I don't think he's... No, I don't think his bones are brittle. Brittle is usually a word... That you describe with like your uh your like structural situation, <laughs> right? I think he is I think his soft tissue can be delicate because of how jacked up he is. Does that make sense? Like the more muscle you have, the more opportunity you have to pull muscle. You know, like if you're out of shape and slow, you're not gonna be able to run fast enough to pull your hamstring. But when you're all jacked up and your hamstrings are strong as an ox and you can run a 4-4, yeah, you actually have an opportunity to pull a hamstring because you can get there. You can push it that fast to do it. So I don't think he's brittle. I just think his soft tissue is delicate. Does that make sense? Yeah, Lucas says you can't pull fat. (laughs) Exactly. You can't. And 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 I bet nobody watching this show right now is fast enough to actually pull their hamstring.
1: <laughs> I certainly am not. Yes. I, I saw – I, I, I want to snuff out. I saw a comment. Struggling to find it now. But someone asked, is, he's like, Mariota. No. I, I think Mariota. you you question his toughness, honestly. That was a Mike, that was a Mike Malarkey thing well, in that Travis story. Travis is brutal
0: is a word for Mariota. Uh,
1: yeah. That was – I mean, that was a st- – Koharski wrote that story last year with Mike Malarkey. And that was one thing Malarkey said is he didn't think – Mariota always was willing to grit it out when he needed to.
0: Well, the, the nerve thing is different. The that nerve. Was wacky. And that's something you don't mess with. You don't mess with a, a nerve. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't discredit Marcus Mariota um, at <laughs> all for not playing through that nerve injury. That's something that's significant.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Rob says he runs the uh, the forty in eight minutes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so and I, I think Scott's right. The broken leg messed
1: with Mario just head.
0: Uh, oh yeah,
1: that's a, that's another conversation. But you're correct. Yeah, yeah for sure.
0: So, my, what was your confidence or concern level in the Titans' wide receivers without Julio and AJ? Did you say six it? and a half? Six, six and, and a half. half. So I, I'm uh, I'm curious. I doubt Marcus Johnson's
1: back this week, but I am interested. I, I don't know if I, Vrabel left the possibility open. Uh, you really? got to ask it. it he got asked, and he said, yeah, yeah, there's a chance they play Sunday. Talk about him and uh, uh, Breeze, Brady Breeze.
0: So, Marcus Johnson is interesting because he was really good in training camp. Chester Rogers was really good in training camp. We talked about all training camp long of how deep the wide receivers are on this team. They're deeper than they've ever been. Well, now it's being put to the test because we don't know what's going on with Josh Reynolds. He's apparently healthy, but he's getting healthy scratched uh, in a game where they really needed him. So I would expect him to play on Sunday in New York. I'm really curious to see how, if Marcus Johnson goes, what happens there? And then if he doesn't go, Josh Reynolds stepping up, Chester Rogers, Nick Westbrook Akine, and Cam Batson. I think those four guys have, have a, um, have a possibility to really make an impact on this team. So, and, Uh, Apollo brings up a good question. Austin, who do you trust more, Marcus Johnson or Chester Rogers? I mean, that's a good question because they're different. At times, Marcus Johnson was better in training camp, but I think over the entire training camp and preseason, Chester Rogers was better. They went tit
1: for tat. It was pretty even.
0: But Chester Rogers can do more for you from a variety. Yeah,
1: sure, sure. But as a receiver, I mean, it's pretty even. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, now here's uh, somebody saying that, Arthur's saying that um, he doesn't like Luke because he's, because of this, just like he doesn't like Buck. But now, now I, I'm not understanding what you're saying here. I'm, I'm starting to not like Luke, but I didn't like Buck, but now Buck is his favorite A to Z guy, just venting. I, yeah, maybe so. I don't know. I don't know, but anyway, all right, Luke. uh, Let's go ahead and get to this topic because uh, I think people are interested in this. Corey Davis speaks out about the (laughs) Titans, right? Yes. All right, so let me let me remind you guys real quick about BetMGM one more time. Download the BetMGM app, and today tonight, when you download the app, use code ATOZ200. That's ATOZ200. Where you put you download the app, you make that use that code, you make your deposit. And then with a $10 Moneyline wager or $10 wager on anything on the game tonight, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets uh, whenever a touchdown is scored. That's BetMGM uh, right there. Download the app. So Corey Davis speaks, Luke. This is interesting. And uh, we're going to play this video. Roll the, the tape. Roll the tape. Here it goes.
1: Was there an effort by the Titans to retain you? No, sir. Did that bother you, Corey? A little bit. I'm not going to lie to you a little bit, but, um, you know, God doesn't make mistakes and, um, I'm extremely happy to be here. So. There yeah. he is. There Brings there me is. back. Brings gonna play, me back.
0: I'm going to play it one more time. It's just 14 seconds. So we'll play it a couple of times. There's Corey
1: Davis. Was there an effort by the Titans to retain you? No, sir. Did that bother you, Corey? A little bit. I'm not going to lie to you a little bit, but, um, you know, God doesn't make mistakes and, um, I'm extremely happy to be here. So.
0: Extremely happy to be. He looks happy to be in New York, right, Corey? I'm kidding.
1: So it let makes, me read. Cory uh, Corey left to escape Zach's abuse.
0: Yeah, right. Um, so I'm going to read Zach's tweet about, about that video. <laughs> All right, so Zach tweeted this morning. Uh, I'm guessing maybe from the Dallas airport. He says as the fifth overall pick in the NFL uh, draft without a single 1000 yard season in four years, there was no reason for the Titans to have interest. Their production wasn't close to the price tag. CD is making 27 mil guaranteed with the Jets with the emoji. So, I mean, Zach is correct in his tweet. Yeah. Um, it's not Corey Davis's fault that he was picked fifth overall. He was overdrafted. We know that he was overdrafted. Buck has reported this after the fact, uh, I guess a couple years ago, that the Titans attempted to trade back in that draft to not take Corey Davis fifth, but to take him in the early teens. Um, so here's the question. Should the Titans have at least attempted to bring back Corey Davis? Should the Titans have at least attempted to bring back Corey Davis? Now, again, I know this. I know it's easy to say hell no right now because the Titans traded for Julio Jones in June. But should they have at least attempted? And I'm not saying should they have paid Corey Davis what the Jets paid him because I think we all agree that.
1: This is that stupid conversation we got into on Tuesday about does A.J. Brown deserve another contract? And I'm like, well, wait and see. And you're like, well, you have to offer him something. Like, okay, making an effort. I-, I don't qualify offering Corey Davis three years, $15 million as making an effort to re-sign him. It's like the, uh, the qualified offer in- or the qualifying offer in baseball. Like most of the times that's just a formality. Like, if you're not familiar, if you have an impending free agent in baseball, you can make what's called a qualifying offer, where uh, basically it's like it's not a whole lot of money. It's basically a formality. Like I said, like you can't make a qualifying offer and then be like, "Hey, we tried to bring him back. We made the qualifying." No, the qualifying offer is a formality. Like. Trying to bring Corey Davis back, actually trying, would have been to put in a competitive offer with the Jets. And should they have done that? Absolutely not.
0: Well, and so you don't know what a competitive offer is going to be until, just because of the timeline, right? Like the Titans and every NFL team has a couple of months after the season's over to negotiate with their pending free agents. And then there's a day where now everybody can talk to him, right? The Titans don't know what that going rate and Corey Davis doesn't know what his going rate would be until that legal tampering or negotiating window begins.
1: So yeah, there's definitely no negotiation that happens before that. Yeah.
0: Right. Um, sarcastically he said, uh, I think the Titans should have now say, here's what I don't know because I was trying to remember back to the spring. And I want to say I remember a, tw- a report on Twitter about the Titans discussing bringing Corey Davis back.
1: Luke, do you yes. remember
0: anything like that?
1: I, I do remember that. Um, well, so I, I remember Rusini tweeting. Let me find the Russini tweet. So Russini said, both Corey Davis and Johnny Smith are aware that the Titans will not be bringing them back. So when was that? Um, that was like the day free agency started. That was March 15th.
0: Okay. There was something else though that, that happened I'm going through my graphics that I made and I don't, I'm not going to have anything. I, um, I, I, I
1: kind of remember that too. You like, know what I'm saying? Being crazy here, yeah,
0: yeah. Like there was something that was going on where it's like the Titans and Corey Davis are discussing on on a way maybe he could return uh, on a team friendly deal, or there was something like that. Maybe,
1: yeah, maybe that ended up being false. And again, I do remember it's a that,
0: report. A, a report, you know, goes with the wind, right? I don't know, but the fact that Corey Davis was asked a question and answered like this. Uh, makes me think that maybe it wasn't that real.
1: Was there an effort by the Titans to retain you? No, sir. Did that bother you, Corey? A little bit. I'm not going to lie to you, a little bit. But, um, you know, God doesn't make mistakes, and um, I'm extremely happy to be here. So.
0: And everybody who's watched this show knows that I like Corey Davis. I, I like him as a person, and I also think he's a good wide receiver. I think he plays the wide receiver position very well with the amount of nuance and skill set that it takes to play the position. Now, does he disappear at times? Yes. Is he injury prone? Yes. Did he underperform as a fifth overall draft pick? Yes. Did the Jets overpay for him? Yes. But I do think the Titans should have uh, at least had, you know, if Corey Davis is saying no, they did not make any effort to bring him back, I do think the Titans should have made a small effort to discuss what it would take to bring him back. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I will say this. How awesome would it be if they had an offense that was A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and Corey Davis?
0: Well, there's no way they could have done it. It would have been. Uh,
1: they could have done it.
0: No, they wouldn't. They would not. Mallory
1: cap's a myth.
0: Oh, get out of here with that crap. It is. They <laughs> They could financially. There's no way in hell. No way in hell they would have done that.
1: Well. They could have just signed Ola instead of Bud Dupree, save some money.
0: Yeah, I mean, that,
1: that's. Are you
0: serious? There, you doesn't. We're doesn't playing know. the
1: hindsight game, Austin. Come on.
0: Okay. Okay. No, but but uh, no, that's. I'm not playing the hindsight game with the Corey Davis thing. Like, okay. I also I also said that I thought John Smith would be more valuable to bring back than Corey so, Davis.
1: Okay. So so you're saying they should have made an effort to re-sign Corey Davis. At what price tag do you think that should have
0: happened? Uh, I I. I'll tell you what I was, I went through this in my graphics. Um, I found this and I'm not going to be able to pull it up, but I created a salary cap offer for the Titans and Corey Davis. That was a four year, 40 and a quarter million dollars with 20 mil of
1: guaranteed. Donnie said that was such a dumb hypothetical.
0: (laughs) But like, I, I think, I think an average of 10, like, 10 a year and you obviously can structure that in a way that the cap is team friendly like i structured it with um a cap hit of 4.5 in the first year and you have a potential out with only costing 5 million after the second year like there's ways
1: you can do this yeah but he's not gonna sign that with what the jets offered him
0: yeah but again like you don't know what the jets are going to offer you if you offer that contract in february so
1: let, let's parse this out. Your issue is not that they didn't match the Jets or try to get into a bidding war. Your problem is that they just made no effort and should have offered himself.
0: According to Corey Davis, they made no effort to bring him back.
1: Yeah, no, he's right. I'm sure he's right. I mean, I don't know. I know, I he's, know. he's right.
0: Okay, but hey, but how hmm. do I want to say this? The jets, the jets overpaid for him. Once the Jets offer 12 and a half a year, the Titans say, yep, see you later. And Drew, who I uh, blew up earlier in the show, has linked, uh, <laughs> has given us a link to a Titan size yeah. article that might yeah, be... I,
1: put, I put that up so that I could Google it.
0: <laughs> okay, so you're Googling it now? I
1: can't can... copy the link from our platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Oh, this is written by my buddy, Will. Okay. Uh... Co host of No Nonsense. I'm trying to find. Okay. So, Teron Davenport went on the Pro Football Focus Fantasy podcast, and this is a quote uh, From what I've been told, both parties want to make it work.
0: There we go. There I knew there was something. And it was our guy TD. And I and sometimes TD now, watches the show.
1: Now that my memory is jogged, I remember Tehran sort of clarified on that and said, you know, he wasn't reporting that there was a negotiation, there's no offer. It's just Corey Davis, you know, would have liked to be back and the Titans would have liked to have him. But that can be meaningless as we saw that that was. Yeah, Like, you know, I, I can uh, want a, uh, let's see, I can want to buy a Steinway Grand Piano and Steinway can want my business, but that doesn't mean that those <laughs> yeah. things yeah. will you, actually happen. Do yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. No, I get, I get what you're saying. Uh, what, what piano is that?
1: Steinway. I just named the the big piano brand.
0: How many piano brands can you name?
1: Steinway, Yamaha, Baldwin, oh, um, uh, uh, what's it, um, Roland. They make electronic pianos. Casio makes electronic pianos. Um, <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, I my, piano,
1: my piano, I have a new piano coming in on Tuesday. That's oh, my, that look, congratulations. Butler, on your that's my piano. good news for tomorrow. We'll get more yeah. into that tomorrow.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scott says Roland.
1: Yeah, I, I said Roland.
0: Okay, yeah, th- there you go. I, I I know zero about pianos. Anyway, all right. So again, that's I think we've exhausted the uh the the Cory Davis conversation. Uh, Jesse says Luke is officially a nerd, <laughs> and Jeral says I was, that's I was a
1: nerd th- well before that conversation.
0: And uh, Jeral says that's a bit impressive. I agree. That's a that's a lot of impressive. Um, uh, so you know what? I don't know. i know nothing <laughs> about pianos. I've been told Austin. That's another brand. Austin, Boston. Oh, Boston. Cause I know, I know there's an Austin brand that makes a lot of things anyway. Okay. Let's do the magic bucket to, to get us out of this, this Thursday show, <laughs> the magic bucket coming up here shortly, but real quick, let me tell you guys about Wilson County Hyundai. If you need a new ride, head out to Wilson County Hyundai, wilsoncountyhyundai.com in Lebanon to find out how much you're uh, to find out where your new car can get to. Uh, Wilson County Hyundai, they do a fantastic job of finding you the right vehicle on the lot. If it's not on the lot, they'll go find it for you. Payne Bone and his team do a fantastic job of getting you in the right vehicle for your situation. They'll let you do the long-term test drive. They'll let you take it home. Wake up. Sleep on it. Wake up. See how you feel. Drive it again in the morning. Go get your morning coffee. See how that ride feels. Then take it back, and they'll figure out the money afterwards. WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where to go.
1: And I'm going to tell it to you again about our friends at BetMGM. And look, it's just like the Titans and Corey Davis, right? They want your business. And you want to give your business to them. So why don't you make it happen? Do what the Titans didn't do. Use the promo code A to Z200. And if you put a $10 bet on Thursday Night Football tonight, Jags, Bengals, for either one of those teams to score a touchdown. And it happens that $10 becomes $200 in free bets.
0: All right, here we are here to wrap up the show with the magic bucket. I hope David is here.
1: That's David, fancy, through, I like David
0: that. threw shade uh, yesterday at our uh, at our new transitions for the industry show topics, and so I hope he's here just to watch this one. So, all right, so this is the magic bucket. Uh, it's technically Zach's sticker week, so again, I'm not going to waste one of my sticker creativity. Uh, on Zach's sticker week um so uh, i'm gonna pull this who am i pulling this for me okay this is for luke we just we kind of just did this so i'm not gonna do it because this is the maybe uh, i want to do it no we we literally just did this unofficially with the pianos because it's name blank not a blank in 15 seconds no. so you name yeah okay. so we literally just did that <laughs> well then i'm off the hook right yeah no you're not All right, let's see what this is. Ooh, this is embarrassing. Sing the best you possibly can
1: the chorus
0: of I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. And I will
1: always love you. How about that?
0: You just jumped right into it. Like I thought you were gonna take a second and like compose yourself,
1: but you, you just freaking did it. I'm honestly shocked. When you started to say sing, I'm like, is he gonna pick a song that I know? Because my pop music, like internal library, is very slim.
0: Oh, you think I have an internal library of pop music?
1: <laughs> More than me.
0: Oh, that was uh, Steven says that was amazing.
1: You should Mine I wish it had been uh, my my hit. Among all my friends is uh, like my karaoke song is "Firework" by Katy Perry. Interesting.
0: I I agree. Like that was uh, that was the best that anybody's ever tried to sing on on this. And I guess your piano knowledge means that you probably know how to <laughs> sing a little bit. That wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. All right. So this is for me. Uh, we learned a lot about Luke today.
1: <laughs> I might have uh, to play you something tomorrow.
0: Yes. Um, this doesn't count because I have to I know it. So you know it. It's something that I would if I pulled that for you, I would have done that to you the next show. But I pulled it for me and I couldn't tell you. Never mind. It's complicated. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> All right.
1: Dom oh. says, my coworker just leaned over and said, WTF, are you watching? <laughs>
0: Dom, do you not have uh, headphones? <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, all right, Luke, congratulations. I have to Amazon you a gift under $20 uh, and then you can present it on the next show you're on. So I just get to give you a gift. Oh. Yes, yes. This has actually been great because I got uh, Zach his stress straws with this last time. So, oh. Zach, whenever he gets stressed, he blows through his little stress straws and it makes him feel better. So, uh, I will give you an appropriate gift, Luke, uh, right. on Amazon and it'll show up. I've got to get your address. Uh, I'll get that after the show. So, <laughs> okay. I'll uh, figure out what, uh, what gift I can get Luke under $20 on Amazon uh, that fits Luke.
1: Now it's going to be like a piano songbook or something. (laughs) Get you
0: some new batteries or something like that, something that you'll need at some point this season. All right, guys. uh, Hope you guys have a great rest of your Thursday. Don't forget the A to Z Sports Podcast Network, new content out uh, each and every week, multiple times a a week uh, there. So uh, Buck will be back live with A to Z Sports Primetime tonight, and we'll see you guys tomorrow morning on a Friday. Have a good one. See you later.